What do Toni Morrison, Stephen Fry, and Frank Muller have in common? Would you be surprised if I told you that they're all rock star audiobook narrators? Welcome to Audiobook Reviews in 5. This is Jana, also known as Yana, and today I'm trying something new. Rather than sharing highlights of a single audiobook, I'm reviewing a few standout audiobook readers and sharing samples of their work. If you're a fan of audiobooks like I am, you've likely found yourself drawn to readers with a talent for capturing and keeping your attention. At a minimum, audiobook readers need to keep you listening, but the very best readers have a talent for drawing you in and keeping you up well past your bedtime. The truly great ones are so good that you'll listen to books you might never have read simply because you enjoy hearing them read so much. Most audiobooks are not read by their authors, but every now and then, there are those especially talented writers who illuminate their work and characters in their own voices. My absolute all-time favorite example is Toni Morrison, who also happens to be my favorite novelist. After Morrison passed away last year, I felt drawn to listen to some of her audiobooks again. It's astonishing to consider how this woman was so incredibly brilliant and talented in both creative and critical writing, and on top of that, the way she reads her work is magic. Just listen to this recording of Toni Morrison reading her book, The Bluest Eye. Nuns go by as quiet as lust, and drunken men with sober eyes sing in the lobby of the Greek hotel. Rosemary Villanucci, our next-door friend who lives above her father's cafe, sits in a 1939 Buick, eating bread and butter. She rolls down the window to tell my sister, Frida, and me that we can't come in. We stare at her, wanting her bread, but more than that, wanting to poke the arrogance out of her eyes and smash the pride of ownership that curls her chewing mouth. When she comes out of the car, we will beat her up, make red marks on her white skin, and she will cry and ask us do we want her to pull her pants down. We will say no. We don't know what we should feel or do if she does, but whenever she asks us, we know she is offering us something precious and that our own pride must be asserted by refusing to accept. So, what do you think? I notice that the quality of Morrison's voice changes in her later readings. It's not quite as rich, but she remains a standout in my mind as one who knows how to cast a spell with a story just by reading it out loud. Another standout reader and author is Stephen Fry, whose book Mythos I reviewed in last week's podcast. Fry's perfect blend of British humor and whimsy comes through in his voice and cadence. If I'm honest, I'll admit that Fry could make nearly anything he reads sound entertaining or at least remotely compelling, even a technical manual. Check out this sample of him reading from that book, Mythos. 
The Greek word for everything that is the case, what we would call the universe, is cosmos. And at the moment, although moment is a time word and makes no sense just now, neither does the phrase just now, at the moment, cosmos is chaos and only chaos because chaos is the only thing that is the case. A stretching, a tuning up of the orchestra. But things are about to change very quickly. So, are you sold? I personally love his intonation and the pauses and the slight emphasis he puts on words that make it more funny. And you can really hear the difference. And think about if you were reading that book, there wouldn't be that same level of comedy or nuance. And that's what makes it really stand out for me. Although I like to focus on the positive in my reviews, the next example I'm going to share with you exemplifies what I hear as a mismatch in tone between content and voice. How to Do Nothing, Resisting the Attention Economy was written by Jenny O'Dell, and I reviewed that in a previous podcast not long ago. It's read by Rebecca Gibble, and although she's a professional narrator, I couldn't quite get into that book at first. I couldn't relax, and it took me some time to figure out why. If you listen to this next sample, you might hear what I heard, which was a sense of urgency and intensity that seemed at odds with the message of Odell's book, which is really focused on resisting the urge to ultra productivity and learning how to relax and and bring out your creative side. So here's the sample. It would not be eccentric in the future to contemplate a society in which those who live for the pleasures of the mind will no longer have the right to demand their place in the sun. The writer, the thinker, the dreamer, the poet, the metaphysician, the observer, he who tries to solve a riddle or to pass judgment will become an anachronistic figure, destined to disappear from the face of the earth like the ichthyosaur and the mammoth. This book is about how to hold open that place in the sun, it is a field guide to doing nothing as an act of political resistance to the attention economy, with all the stubbornness of a Chinese nail house blocking a major highway. I want this not only for artists and writers, but for any person who perceives life to be more than an instrument, and therefore something that cannot be optimized. Now, I want to turn to one of the most celebrated audiobook readers of our time. Frank Muller. He was a stage and television actor, but he was most famous as an audiobook narrator and described as, quote, the Laurence Olivier of the medium in the Chicago Tribune, and praised by Stephen King, who said, quote, when Frank reads, the blind will see, the lame will walk, and the deaf will hear, unquote. On a related note, Frank Muller read many of Stephen King's books, including the Dark Tower series. Although Muller died tragically in 2008, his recordings of timeless classics and more recent bestsellers live on. Here's a sample of his unmistakable voice from a compilation of recordings available on Audible. Why should I care who gets the money? I've done everything imaginable with it. 
As I sit here in my wheelchair alone and waiting, I cannot think of a single thing I want to buy or see or a single place I want to go or another adventure I want to pursue. I've done it all, and I'm very tired. I don't care who gets the money, but I do care very much who does not get it. Oh, Hamlet, what a falling off was there. From me, whose love was of that dignity that it went hand in hand, even with the vow I made to her in marriage, and to decline upon a wretch, whose natural gifts were poor to those of mine. But virtue, as it never will be moved, though lewdness caught it in a shape of heaven, so lust, though to a radiant angel linked, will sate itself in a celestial bed and prey on garbage. Well, there you have it. I hope that gave you a few ideas for readers to listen to in your next audiobook pick. These are just a few of the greats, but there are many others. That's all for this episode of Audiobook Reviews in 5. Thanks for listening. If you haven't yet done so, please consider subscribing to my podcast and sharing your ratings on whichever platform you like to use. I look forward to checking in with you all again soon. Please stay safe and be well.